We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. guys welcome back i'm kirk henderson editor-in-chief over at mavsmoneyball.com you are joining me on what is the name of this show it is not after dark it is mavs or uh, pod maverick presents group therapy i have i really need a producer thanks so much for hanging out with me uh and sticking on from the last show those of you who are joining me in the youtube show if you would like to come up here on stage and talk a little basketball with me talk about the game talk about anything that i might have said in the previous show that pissed you off click that Streamyard link down there in that i have hopefully uh, I need to go pin it um, to the uh, in the YouTube channel. You can come hang out. We'll talk a little ball. I uh, already see I got my 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 man Brian already down there, which I am delighted about. And we will uh, hang out for a little bit and and see what's up. It's a really easy platform to join. All you do is click the link from the live YouTube show. You can uh, it pulls you into a different room. You can do it by phone. You can do it at your computer. If you don't want to show your face, you don't have to. If you do, I really want to uh, get to know you and talk a little basketball because it's much more fun talking with a person than getting angry and rage typing through a screen. So uh, coming up first is our our uh, regular guy Brian. What's going on, man? Nothing much, man. Just uh, enjoying this Lakers and Knicks game after, you know, it's nice to see some actual basketball mm. after uh, watching that hospital lineup try to play against the champs and get ran out of there. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not as angry about it as people were. I tried my best not to watch this game too closely because I knew what it was going to be. Sure. Like, I, I knew what it was going to be when, when Luca said he was too sick to show up to shoot around. But then walking into the game, he was walking in with Jokic. I was like, yeah, you know what time it is. He's like, I'm gonna have to go hang with my homie. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Oh man, yeah. He he had the time and down, and he he was doing everything that he could, man. Like it it was 
I, I can't even really say a pathetic display by by the role players outside of Exxon. Like Exxon was really good. Exxon, yeah. as usual. Just incredible. I didn't we didn't talk about him near enough. He's just so he's just so valuable to what the Mavericks do right now. I mean, I I really Josh and I don't talk about this enough, but I'm really buying in on my my uh, 30 rock take that that he is their third heat the way that Dinwiddie and Brunson were the other two heats along with Luca, where I think it gives you three different flavors of guard that do three very different things. Yeah, what he is that like makes him so valuable is dude, he's just reliable. Like you don't have to worry about him isolated in defense you don't have to worry about him as a team defender you don't have to worry about what he's going to be doing when he's not on the ball you don't have to worry about what he's going to be doing when you give him the ball and ask him to create something and you don't have to worry about him if he gets into the lane defenders there and he needs to make a decision like a simple basketball decision he usually makes the right one he's just a good smart basketball player and it's that in itself is so valuable on this roster, especially like right now with all the guys and all the bodies that we're missing, mm-hmm. where we just don't have that many people outside of Luca who can make decisions for themselves, let alone for other people. Right. So, yeah, having him this season has been a godsend, and he's been good again. But uh, I tweeted this a few minutes ago. I was like, y'all, and and I and I know you talked about it, so I'm preaching to the choir. But I was like, man, that Hardy shit is cooked. Like that flash that he showed us. In the Memphis game, was I feel fun, bad though because it's like even ten games ago, you see some of our mutual friends on Twitter and on Reddit and on Facebook that get so excited because when he does something good, it actually looks really good, and then when he does something bad, it looks so awful. <laughs> yeah, but if you look at like the ratio of like games where he's flashed something meaningful and games where he hasn't, like last year compared to this year, like last year, every other game when he got you know, six, seven, even eight minutes he was going out there trying to make the most of them. This season, like, he hasn't even been thrust into that much bigger of a role because there have been games where he just hasn't played because Kid is like, you know what, I think Seth is more ready for this moment. I'm going to bring him in, and Hardy's just not going to get off the bench. But we've, we're we 25 games in, and he's had one, like, genuinely good game where he's shown us what he can do and how he can be valuable. Well, wasn't it you know, against an like another totally busted team, or am I making that it was up? Memphis. Yeah, so I don't, I don't care. Not to be. Mean. Yeah, that, that, no, that, <laughs> that, that's my point though. Like, is one game is against Memphis out of twenty five. It's like, all right, man. And even after that game, like I came in here and I was a bit more encouraged. I was like, okay, I just needed him to show me something, and I figured that might maybe kickstart. And and he, I think he had a game after that where he hit two threes mm-hmm. and didn't get much burn after that. But dude, he's been so inconsistent otherwise. Mm-hmm. And the defense is still got awful. The dribbling is still got awful. It's like at this point, I'm I'm where uh, where uh, Dwight uh, blocked on Twitter. I'm where he is. Where it's like, dude, what were you doing all summer? I mean, I, I just think with certain. I mean, at one point in time, he was number one with one of the top three recruits in the nation. Which high school mm-hmm. recruiting is different, but it's just. We talked about this a little bit, but the G League Ignite guys all kind of stink. I, I, it's a small sample size, but there's like the best guy is who? I mean, and and it doesn't seem like whatever. Co- he was awful with the G League Ignite. That was the thing that was like partially why he fell so much. And so it's like the things that he's good at, the Mavericks haven't been putting him in a situation to be good at them. And then when they try to give him an opportunity to show more, he just can't do it. And I think part of that is just the decision-making. Like, I still can't believe he tries to attack certain guys off the dribble. I mean, when I, if, if KCP yeah. was on me tonight, that's a bright red sign to pass the ball. 
you know, cut, go get open, take an open jump shot for all I care, get something on the move, but do not size up one of the premier defenders for one-on-one basketball in the league. One of the best permanent defenders on two championship teams. Two. I just, <laughs> I, I was so furious and it's just, it's like, you know, and I think back and I get really, I, I let Twitter over index my brain, but mm-hmm. everyone gets so excited about him. And I'm just like, I don't want to be a hater. Being a hater is sometimes fun, but not about not against like, I like the draft. Like I am. So the draft is where I tend to be like, can we please try, you know, we had a guy, um, I can't see his comments in here. Cause he's commenting on Twitter. Oh, it's a, I think it's Armin who's there. He's saying, you know, um, earlier tonight, he's like, you know, the Mavericks just can't draft anybody. And well, I mean, they did lively uh, and they, they did lively. I don't, he goes I don't pretty good actually. I don't know. But it's that. just, no, but r- big picture. He's not wrong. They've been kind of ass about the draft because they don't care. about Oh, it. oh yeah, sure. And, and, I want them to care about it. So when Lively mm-hmm. looked, or not Lively, when Hardy looked good last year, I was delighted. I want to be wrong about this. So it's, uh, it vexes me, man. It really vexes me. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of just gotten to the point where, like, I was still, even like a couple of weeks ago, I was still getting complaints from people in my replies uh, when I was like throwing Hardy and Green together, like in trades or whatever on the trade machine that I was just putting on the timeline for fun, uh, for guys who aren't like super needle movers, but I think would fit better what we're trying to do. Some guys who are like some big wings, but lesser known names. And they were just like, no, why would we give up both of them and the pick for that guy? It's like, because neither of them have been good at basketball. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we need more guys on this team who are good at basketball. Yeah. Like that, that goes for Tim too. I love Tim. And he's been uh, a real integral part of this team for a while now. But at a certain point, like Tim started to slow down. He's not playing as well as he was in that early stretch of the season, those first 15 or so games. He's looked stinky in like six of the last eight. And I'll give him some I'll, I'll give him some slack where like he's been dealing with the back spasm still. So his back is acting up and I'll give him that because like he was shooting really well to start the year, but you know how streaky Tim gets when his shot isn't falling. He's still also like one of the worst defenders in the league. So yeah. he's not yeah. really helping you there either. So it's not like he's untouchable. So when you no. see those three guys in, you know, fake trades and trade machines and stuff like that, I just don't want people to get too worked up. Cause it's like, man, you got to realize what we're working with here and where we're trying to go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is a good comment from Jared in the chat. He says, Hardy is a pretty good second round pick, but he's still a second round pick. And, and mm-hmm. that, because you, you, I was never expecting to find a star in the second round. What I want is a potential functioning role player. Like there was, yeah. um, I don't know if you saw this, and you might not even be old enough to have and watch these guys, but seeing Josh Howard and Marquise Daniels hanging out tonight, yeah. Like sometimes you just want you want your your undrafted free agents and things to pan out now and again. And Marquise Daniels is just such a win in that book for the Mavericks back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and and. Again, yeah, the, this is a good comment from Adrian in the chat. Multiple good comments from Adrian. Like like your uh, uh, thoughts tonight, he says, what does sell high mean? That's a good point. I mean, I, I don't think you're tricking teams to take Tim Hard- Tim Hardaway Jr. But, but, but what, well, what Josh and I talked about a little bit earlier, and then my, um, well, my friend Harold, who messages me on Twitter a couple of times a day, talked about it's like when if you're trading hardy you're trading him as a closing piece for someone who needs shooting and he might play 15 minutes a game you know Mm -hmm. he's gonna go out and get his shots and that's it that's a different deal that's a dip that's a closing point um more than that because it's like i i tend to we're we're multiple people in the chat twitter social media facebook all of it 
talked about, you know, you're not winning anything if Hardaway is playing 30 points per game. I actually agree, but the other solutions for, for the Mavericks at the moment are kind of bleak. And I think yeah. that's underappreciated in the sense of if you move from Hardaway, who, who is taking some of those things? You know, I, I don't think it's given enough credence where it's like the Mavs go from like the third offense to the 10th offense. They're going to lose more games. I really believe that. Now, I could be wrong, but that's just sort of where I'm sitting at the moment. Well, no, it's the truth because when they shifted down from like the third or fourth best offense in the league to like the ninth to 12th, that was during that losing streak. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. This is. This is kind of a never like a never ending debate because I think that the expectations are not in line with it's they they want Nico to pull off a miracle. We want Nico to pull off a miracle. And I just don't see the miracle out there to to be grabbed. Now maybe that could happen. I I mentioned on the last show about I don't really I vehemently disagreed with his talks po- point about okay, we have to go find our Aaron Gordon. I mean, they already had Jokic, Murray, um, and then our guy um, Michael Porter Jr. Michael Porter Jr. Mm-hmm. So that, like, if you're trading for your third starter as opposed to trading for your fourth, like, kind of re- like catch-all guy, it's a different situation. It's why I yeah. disagree with half the half the world about Jer- Jeremy Grant, and it really is. Jer- like, people really love Jeremy Grant. I have um, one of my. Uh, gentlemen love you josh uh he comes to orange theory with me and he was talking to me today he's like i just i really think he could fit and you and i briefly discussed this last game i just don't think he i was telling uh our man kenny today where i'm just like he he got paid he's not like who wants like do we really think he's going to go back and do the dirty work and be and take the fourth most shots on the team i really don't i just don't think that and so it's like i think if the mavericks go and make a move we have to be cognizant of the fact that if they push all their chips in the center of the table, that's the true last move. You trade that 2027 pick, you're not trading anything else. Anything. Do you, do you disagree with that? Like I, The Mavericks have taken back one first-round pick in 20 years. Do you know what that pick was? Derek Lively. That's the first time in yeah. 20 <laughs> years. We're not going to get more first-round picks because we don't have the assets no. for it. Wow. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I, I I agree that if they, well, I don't know. I don't think it'll be the last this, move. Look, I think spice. it'll be the last if we're, gonna, move. if we're gonna sell high on anyone, sell. Let it be Kyrie. My God, can't even. I'm I'm, I'm a, the people will come to my house if I say that. I'm never gonna say that. Tyler, bold. Sorry, just had to get that out there. I love. That's no, why I, love you know, I like that comment. Yeah, <laughs> because you know what's funny. I thought that during the summer, but. At this point, no, nah, man, we're here. The, yeah. the bet is made. It's fine. We don't have to, like, move Kyrie or look at moving Kyrie mm-hmm. until it becomes absolutely necessary, and we're nowhere near there right now. But, yeah, no, nah, if we make a move now with this uh, 2027 pick, I think what well, we're at that point, like, we get to the summer, and, okay, we've got 2025 and we've got 2031, I think both of those. Yeah, those those two firsts are probably not gonna get you much. Good, I don't know, but again, that would be pulling off a miracle compared to what you could do with three free ones yep. and all your young players. That's right. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I think I'm not gonna. I think what we have now, 
I do think we could kind of still be in the running for Kuzma, and I think that is a move that moves the needle. It, it just depends on how fast Nico acts, because James is going to come and go like that. Coops was in the chat earlier, and he said, I know you don't like Kuzma. And I, I, I have to admit defeat on Kuzma. I don't – I'm wrong. I've, I've been wrong about Kuzma for several years, um, largely because I, I get angry that the Lakers are good at stuff like drafting. <laughs> So yeah, like- <laughs> they, they, they've been great, and it's really annoying, especially in the back half of the first and, like, mm-hmm. in the second round. Mm-hmm. It, it makes no sense that they can, like, they can get all the stars they want, and then That's they're right. also really good at drafting, like, at the dead last back end of the first round. Like, yeah. it's, it, it's annoying. It's depressing. Well, hey, thank you for getting us started. You got anything else going? Uh, no, nah, man. Just going to watch the end of this game. No, I'm not. The Knicks are up 10. I don't care. All right. Go to bed. Go play video Hell games. Yeah. Go watch. Go watch more more television. Um, thanks so much for joining. Appreciate it. Of course. Thanks for having me, man. All right. Um, so I see uh, a new new person down there at the bottom that we're going to bring in here who's not been up before. I think it's the same Adrian from the chat. We're going to uh, bring Adrian up. Then we have Micah and Brandon waiting. So remember, if it's the first time, uh, if it's a first time or a ra- more rare glimpse, uh, I'm going to let you come up on stage because we've got about ten folks that cycle in here regularly, and I very much appreciate those guys and gals. We don't have any gals yet. We need uh, invite a woman on the show, Kirk. Jeez, um, our show, our show uh, skews. I looked at the data, ninety-seven percent men. Um, so we. All right, Adrian, how are you? I'm well. You guys able to hear me? I am. You sound great. Thanks for joining. Awesome. So I wanted to rant today about opportunity cost and team building. I my biggest pet peeve is seeing fans clamor for mediocre. Xavier? Players. Yes, this is me. This is my burner. You got me. Oh my god. <laughs> You're such a fucking troll. <laughs> Look. I just wanted to be able to rant like a madman without bringing down the side. You could not cover your accent to save your life. That is the best. That's fantastic. (laughs) That is, oh my God. That for everybody, Xavier, (laughs) contributor at Maz Moneyball, who used to be one of my original green room guys, uh, snuck in here under a burner account. I should have let you play out the string for longer. I'm sorry. Go ahead. What's going on? (laughs) So, um, this is my friend's YouTube TV Gmail account, and I didn't know how to switch it, so that's why. But so, all right, so I'm just gonna rant as though this is still my burner. Pretend it's not me from sure. RB. So, um, I hate when fans clamor. I saw you posted earlier, right? Somebody said, "Oh, Kirk doesn't want the team to add talent, right? Not in this way." And I thought it was asinine that someone would say that because it ignores opportunity costs, right? If right now the Celtics were to offer the Pistons three three first-round picks for Jay Stu, right, or Isaiah yep. Stu, who everyone's clamoring for, no one would bat an eyelash because they have their core in place, and at yeah. that point, they're simply trying to get that one piece that f- fills a gap and helps take them over that hump. The Mavericks are not in a position to do that, right? right? You can afford to overpay for rotational pieces once you have the core of your team established, which we do not. I asked this question in the chat. How many players on the current team would be on the next very good version of the Mavericks? We've got Luca, we've got Kyrie, we've got Lively. Mm-hmm. You tell me who the fourth player is. Right? I think maybe I think Exum, if he continues a pace, is making an incredible case. And, and look, if he's able to sustain what he's done this to yeah. this point, hey, he surprised me. I thought fans were sure. Yeah, he's. A, I mean, he's a low risk gamble. He's the kind of entry level guy that you hope pans out in the Mavericks simply haven't had pan out for several years entry level that's not what I mean like um uh, minimum 
And hey, we we on a minimum contract, that is a home run. But ideally, you'd want him to be your seventh or eighth man on a good team, right? The fact that he's forced into being our starter and on some of these nights with Kyrie out, our second best player, that's indicative of the position that we're in. So when sure. fans say, we just need an actual good power forward, or we just need this one guy who fits better, we just need that. No, we're further away from that, right? Everything that we should, our main, our priority, one, two, and three should be, let's retain as many assets until we position ourselves to acquire a true needle-moving player. Now, once we have a needle-moving player that significantly raises our ceiling, now, whatever assets we have left, now we're plugging in holes, right? Sure. Now we're now we're going and looking for fit, right? Because you can have two players that cost the same, but which one fits more? Which one is going to fit our system? We don't have a system. Our system is pretty much iso ball. Kyrie and Luca are going to alternate, you know, running pick and rolls at the top of the key, and then... That, and we hope that when they pass it to the wide open role plays, I think we, we got to talk about that at some point. I'm not sure if tonight is the night, but I was kind of I've been arguing all day with uh, somebody on Twitter who basically was like, we don't have to play Luca ball when Luca's not in. And yeah. that's a big thing that I've not even bothered to broach because I'm just like, I don't know how to talk about Tim Hardaway Jr. Because I don't think Tim Hardaway or not Tim Hardaway. I, I don't know how to talk about Jason Kidd because I just don't think Jason Kidd is going to get moved. Right, and then we there's been there've been coaches that whenever like their star player, the heliocentric player is out, then you really see their system start to shock. They're like, okay, now I'm gonna put my coaching hat on, and you're gonna see the system that I wish I could run, but my star is just more important right. than whatever right. system I want to run. So we do, you know, we run that offense. What what is to your point? Tonight's at the night, but what is kids showing? There's no weak side movement or anything, right? And then yeah. the last thing, can we stop saying so high on THJ, so high on Green, guys? Other GMs have league pass. Oh and sure, our players. Oh, but I do think I do think someone's going to make a reasonable offer for Tim. I really do because Kid is talking up Tim the way he talked up Kristaps Porzingis. I remember a couple years ago, somebody the Bucks traded like four seconds for like sure. I forgot who it was at the time, right? But that's that's what you're looking at. You're not getting a real first. It's going to no. be a heavily protected no. first. That is a fake first. You're, you're trading a bench player picks. for a bench player is what you're doing at best. Yeah, you're not at, getting a starter for Tim. That's important. At, at best, you're not trading yeah. Tim the player. You're trading Tim the contract. So if you can yes. trade him for a player on a longer contract that a team is just trying to get underneath because of the new luxury and the apron rules, then yes, he will have value because his contract will run shorter than whatever player we're acquiring. Uh -huh. But he, the player, is not bringing in someone who's meaningfully changing the outlook of this team. And we just have to stop that. Because it's that mentality that Cuban had. Well, if I just get this one player, or if I just sacrifice and get this one player, then we'll be right there. No, because then I mean, you end up overpaying. And look at the contracts we have. You know, how many I mean, the reason you, you know it's it's worth addressing now, just because we're twenty five games in. So you kind of got crushed over the summer for your take that essentially resetting the timeline for a center and a power forward that were both rookies is a extremely high risk gamble. That is kind of stupid. Now, the fact that the gamble worked out doesn't really belay. I, I still understand where your point is coming from. But one of the things you and I have talked about for the better part of four years now is the Mavericks have been bled dry slowly of assets. And so the moment you accept that as a fan, I think a lot of this becomes easier. Your expectations change. So it's like when folks really want Luca to be the all in, they want the Mavericks to go all in for Luca right now. I, I don't know if you were listening to Josh on our last show, but we were basically saying 
that doesn't mean anything because they don't have anything to send away. <laughs> so it's like you make it through this year, you have lively in year two, and then you free up a 2025 first to go along with your 2027. And I think you're okay. Cause can you, can you trade that 2025 once you're done with the Nick obligation? Yes. Okay. So that, yes. I mean, that's two first round picks. That's in an immediate, like it's something like that. It's something it, it else. You, it puts you in the mix. It's it yeah. And that, that's sort of where you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if a player has any sort of leverage to where they can kind of help shape their market, it puts you in the mix of a player feels like, hey, if I go there, I can make a meaningful difference. But if if, if it becomes a bidding war, we're not winning any bidding wars against That's anybody. Right. When you and- look at the teams out there with picks, I mean, they're better situations, younger talent, more talent, more picks. Like this six to seven, maybe 10 teams that are playing – that are better destinations for players if it becomes that's a right. Bidding. Well, and Alex in the chat makes it, and he Alex has been with us for over an hour now, hour and 15 minutes. Really appreciate, appreciate your hanging out, Alex. Uh, he makes a comment where he says, So many mistakes. How can you be mad at fans for clamoring for players? I'm not mad at fans for clamoring for players, but one thing I that am. happens <laughs> in social media, you start to create an echo chamber, and the Celtics are notorious for this, where it's like, You know who I think is really good? Jaden Hardy. That Jaden Hardy guy's amazing, says someone else. Jaden Hardy can net a first-round pick back. Let's use Jaden Hardy as a draft, as an asset. Let's use the guy that we think sucks as an asset. That become and it becomes this thing. And so the reason I'm trying to do it is not to be a Debbie Downer, it's just to sort of circle it back a little bit to say the Mavericks are going to be okay. I actually believe that. I was very nervous over the summer, but I really, really am excited about where they are relative to the mistakes that they've made because we've killed them for some of the things that they've done wrong. And rightfully so you let um, last summer was an unmitigated, almost franchise altering in a negative way. Summer, probably the worst summer they've ever had worse than the than when they let Steve Nash go for nothing. It's I know you, you are, I I think we all, you know, I have to eat crow on, on, um, on Jalen Brunson. I think a lot of people do, but I, I, I also don't, I, I think, you know, that that was a situation that was going to go awry at some point anyways, because the Mavericks would have looked to trade him for a bigger guy. I don't really want to relitigate that at this point, but where we are relative to where we were is pretty amazing. And I think that if we just sort of breathe and let the Maverick front office do what they've done over the last year, and, you know, maybe they will get lucky again, the Mavericks could be in a great place because, the thing when you have Luka Doncic as a baseline, you're going to win 60% of your games when he plays. And look, uh, I think that as fans, right, this cognitive dissonance between, okay, I'm sitting down, I'm dedicating my time to yep. watch this team win, and I want I want to feel like the team and the owner, everyone is doing the most to maximize our ability to win so that I can appreciate the time I'm investing into this yep. team. Other yep. times, it's like, hey, you got to be willing to swallow the tough pill. Look at how long Everyone, the national pundits, the fans were telling the Lakers, you need to go ahead and trade both those first-round picks. Just do it. Maximize LeBron's prime, all that. And then what happens? They said no, right? Shout out to the GM. He he was in Asia for a long time, but he actually like, no, I'm not trading that pick. And look at what they've done. And in that time, they've made smart, savvy moves that have paid out paid off and they still had that 20 they still had that first round pick and the players that were available for that first round pick then if you look at it they probably would rather have the situation that they have now than the situation that they would have been in had they traded that first and now they get to have their cake and eat it too they have an austin reeves they have other players they have a Rui. they have players that fit that can 
that LeBron can play with, and they also have that one trade asset that if break glass in case of emergency, if they need to pull it, they can, but at least they'll still have that at their disposal versus just trading in whatever they have for somebody that probably was not raising, raising the team ceiling. And that's just the situation where I'm like, look, none of these guys, man, they're not raising the ceiling, right? And if we can get any of these plays, look, we're not getting an OG. We're not getting a Siakam. If we can, then I will personally send a that's basket what Josh and a board arrangements. Yeah, that's what Josh Bo and I just said. Yeah, yeah. Like it, I would love please, to prove wrong. please prove us wrong. That's just that that would be delighted. And Alex makes a great point. Nico is paying for the sins of a past conglomerate. I agree with that. Yeah, but all right, I ranted enough and you outed me. So now I'm Sorry. going to have to change my account to my real name. But um, but no, it was nice. I've been, I've been lurking in the shadows, but now you know all this time has been me. But it's great hearing yeah. your voice again, man. Talk soon. Thank, thanks, sir. Mm-hmm. Okay, coming up next is Philip. Um, Philip, what's going on, man? Hey, Kirk. Welcome to the show. What's going on tonight? Good. Long time lurker, first time talker. That's what I'm talking about. First, uh, first time callers and uh, more uh, occasional callers. We're going to bring you guys up as soon as I see you. So, Philip, what are you thinking tonight? What's going on? Um, I think I'm just going to continue on the um, team construction theme. By all I means. mean, my question is: Is Grant Williams really a starter on a contender? No. No, no. And that and that's my point in the sense that everyone wants to say he's the third best player on the team, maybe. I don't know, because he came off the I don't know. But really he's actually a bench player. And I think more the earlier we realize that, the less frustrated I think people will be with his play. Yeah. He's a bench player that's getting starter minutes and because we don't have a power forward on our team. Yeah. Yeah. It's and that that part's so tough because you look at it and you're like, why can't they just find a stretch four? And it's like, they might need to, I think they need a a real wing defender and another backup big that can double between four and five. Because I think with Luca, you're playing sort of, you know, um, stretch basketball anyways. I just don't know where you get those players. I mean, I went through, (laughs) this is pathetic. I went through the, I sorted the, uh, by John Hollinger's PER stat on ESPN just because I wanted the full list of players. And I looked at all power forwards and all centers, like everyone, and who I thought might mm-hmm. be remotely available. Yeah. And I settled on only one in the entire league. Uh, gosh, what's his name? The, the Wizards, Washington Wizards. Ba- um, Daniel Gafford? Yes. I, the Gafford was the only one who I was like, oh, okay. I'd like I'd like yeah. Gafford. That was all. Yeah. Am I- <laughs> like he's really athletic. Like he he's like – the Derek Jones of centers, like he's I, super athletic. That might be a me problem because I'm <laughs> apparently just a professional hater. But I just, I, I just, I'm like, I look at all these guys and like, what did that, what does that guy do? I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, Gafford would be a big, great backup for Lively. I think we still need like a six nine, six ten power forward. If you look, every team, every great, great team has a big power forward. Like, even if you look at the last three games, Grant Williams played. Against today was Aaron Gordon, like six nine. Last game, Grant Williams was already shooting over. Not Grant Williams, Jeremy Grant was shooting over the top of him easily. Cat seven foot shooting straight over top of him. LeBron was bullying him in the Lakers game. I mean, he played okay, but I mean, really. So if every position like Grant has, like he's shorter than most power forwards, and it's just it's a bit annoying. So we need we need that six nine six ten. 
There's, there's some interesting suggestions where it's like that. I, I think the draft compensation is so centered among the um, the Thunder and the Utah mm-hmm. Jazz that it's that it's basically screwed with the market. Um, where it's like T Bone says in the chat, would would John Collins be of it? You know, be of interest? He's on the, uh, the trade block. I don't know. I, I don't like to me, the answer is probably not. But the fact of the matter is what Houston is not Houston, what Utah is going to demand for him is going to be more than what the Mavericks can offer either way. It's it's yeah. maddening. But also he makes what, 25 million and you got a lot of money. Probably, yeah. Like that's a lot of money for somebody who may not be that good. I don't know how good he I like he's OK. He's not bad, but sure. 25 million for not an all star. I don't know. Um, but the other thing you mentioned, I heard you and Josh talking about Carrie being the all-in move. Mm-hmm. And I I don't know if if he is, then what happens if he doesn't come back in his play option in two, in two seasons? Mm-hmm. What happens then? I mean, I, I get why they didn't give him a long contract. We don't know if he's reliable and all that. But right. you tied yourself to someone who could easily walk away in two seasons. Sure. I mean, the, and the, that's, the, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a good gamble for both sides because I mean, look at, I said this the other night, Kyrie Irving, I don't think is a, is a um, injury prone player in that. Mm-hmm. I, but at the same time, he also seems to get the silliest injuries. Like you, you go throughout his career, he has so many weird injuries and yeah. feet stuff is going to be problematic for him, and he knows it. So it's like yeah. this was a good, this was a good grab for him. I bet he probably. I have waffled so much to where I used to think he would ask out this season, but I actually <laughs> kind of think I think Kyrie plays all three years here now. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, yeah, that's that's crazy. If he does, I'll, right. that would be amazing. But I'm, yeah. I don't know. But yeah, that's mainly the main things. And of course, I agree with you on Jaden Hardy. I think people are just too high on him. It's just. Not anymore. I mean, it's like it's sad. (laughs) He's just been he's plummeted. I feel bad for the guy. Yeah, I mean, I hope somewhere if he if he stays or goes somewhere else, he gets like a good NBA career. But I don't know if he's gonna be the great player that people thought he could be. I don't think so. Maybe, but yeah, but yeah. Thanks, thanks for having me on. Yeah, please come back. I enjoyed talking with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All All right. Have a good night. All right, coming up next is Micah and then Brandom, and then I will go to bed. Brand- Micah, what's up, man? What's going on, Kirk? You having a good night? Uh, you know, it, it. I like. I think we've had some good discussions about basketball generally and where the team's going. I feel it's. I've. This is why I like talking because a lot of people get mad at me when we do more. You know, where it, there's something about the way I tweet that just makes people want to stab me. And I think the talking, I think the talking is a lot. My wife thinks this is Can I address one of those real quick? This this got some people obsessing you. Dude, for the love of God, noted beef stew. No. Yeah. That's my take. That's not just... My favorite, my favorite was a gentleman, and he blocked me. That made me sort of sad. I don't like when people block me over basketball stuff. The guy, the guy tried telling me that he's like, he's like, he's in the, he's in the ninety fourth percentile of plus minus, and I was like, I don't care when you won two win? games. I don't Did care. Yeah. you know what, Kurt? Let's start with this. This, this is 
been my my issue with the take all day is it's like because you get the quick responses. Oh well, he's better than Pal. He makes four hundred percent more. He better be better than Pal. Yeah, fifteen million is a lot of dollars for that dude. And 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 that's that's where I'm getting at. And he's young like, though. I will give people that. But but my point is is like okay, you've watched enough Isaiah Stewart. You know he can't play the four. So don't ask if he's better than Powell. Is he better than Lively? Hell to the no. Right. Yeah. So uh, that, my... that, to me, it's more indicative of of what Adrian said in the chat earlier, which was is is the move meaningful? It, you know, trading for Kyrie Irving is a meaningful move. Trading for JJ Redick, not a meaningful move. Meaningful move. So, it's just, yeah, it's not. It's not just that. It's like my my whole issue is just like, don't ask if he's better than Powell. Mm-hmm. If he's not mm-hmm. better than Lively, and you know you can't, that he can't play the four. Like anybody that's watched him, is he's. Yeah, and what's really got us in this situation is we keep falling for these freaking tweeners, Kirk. Like, and we fall for the worst ones, the ones that are too small to play the five, and not versatile enough to play the four. Right. So that's that's my only thing with the move is just like, now we got lucky with with signings like Exum and Derrick Jones Jr. But at the end of the day, we're paying a lot of guys starter money that can't start. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know. I think with the way the salary cap is going, there's a little bit. Yeah. You know, if you're playing, like, you're paying a bunch of guys, like, like the even the sixth, seventh man is going to be making 12 to 15 million. It's, right. I don't know. I, I waffle both ways on that. I do think they're like tradable assets. And so it's, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it, but it's just like, it's, um, how it says, it's it's almost like it's when you're looking at say a playoff rotation, mm-hmm. you want eight guys yep. and then two that can surprise you. That's pretty much yeah. like right because the, the minutes are all accounted like, for. Yeah, right. That's pretty much like how we won our championship in 2001. Yep. Five starters, three great bench guys, and two guys that can surprise you like. Uh, sausage just smoking the Lakers out of nowhere. <coughs> oh yeah, then oh, not yeah. being able to play the rest of the playoffs. That's right. You know? So it's just like I think that's been our major issue for a lot of is is it fine to have one or two guys that are making fourteen, fifteen million that are bench guys? Sure. Right. Do you want five guys that are making? 15 and 16 million and they can't start. Well, I mean, it's hard to do because you, you really can't even do that unless you're drafting all your guys and re and keeping them. Right. So, but I mean, that's kind of the situation we're in right now. We pay, well, we pay Holmes 12. He can't start. We pay Maxi 13. He can't start. Play, pay Grant's uh, 13. It's looking like he's a bench player. Same with uh, with THA seventeen, he can't start. Sure. <laughs> it's just, no, it's pain. 
you're you're you you got a hundred million dollars in your in your bench pretty much because none of those guys are starting caliber. Yeah. But you ended up you ended up paying them because you had no one else to pay at that time. Right. So it's just like if you look at say like the Nuggets, like how much do you think they're paying their six through ten guy? Yeah. I mean, they've dra- they they've used those slots primarily on on like veteran minimums plus draft guys. I mean, Strouther tonight is a better bench is a better bench player. I don't know. He's not. I don't. Know, he, he they just have real options and like that. When you watch yeah. that, it's like frustrating because right. some of the guys who we thought were starters have now, or I'm sorry, were bench players have been elevated to starting status in terms of like Exum and DJJ. And those right. were supposed to be your bench factors, and now you move the starters to the bench, and then the start those guys like your Josh Greens, your Grant Williams, just end up pissing you off. <laughs> they do, and that's the problem. It's just like, um, because I have this like I'm I'm real old school in my thinking process, and it's just like I'm thinking that players are supposed to be messed up about somebody coming in and running your spot. Like, yeah. it's like these dudes don't like. These guys that were supposed to be starters for us, they're acting like this is cool. It's cool that you be, oh, I'm getting outplayed by two vetmans and two rookies. That's fine. Y'all have yep. at it. Yep. It, it it just it doesn't it doesn't seem like there's a lot of pride in the old core. You know? Yep. Man, so, thanks so much for joining. You got anything else? Um no, that's about it. Um, we're gonna be all right. I agree. Just breathe. Yeah. Just breathe. Yeah. They they need to get yeah, a little healthier. We, we, we didn't think this. We thought this was a six seed coming in. Let's not change up. I need now. I need Maxi Kleber to come back just so I can be mad at Maxi Kleber. <laughs> does, that make, does that make sense? <laughs> you know, what are you that guy? When he scores six and gets dump trucked on defense. That's right. That's right. Just to be pissed at somebody new. All right, Micah. Thanks so much, man. We'll talk soon. All right, have a good one, man. All right. So we've had David join in the bottom down there. I'm going to bring David up before Brandon. Brandon, I hope you don't mind. Thanks so much. David, what's going on, man? Oh, man. Uh, yeah. I've probably been on like five times, I guess, in the last year or two. Yeah. So, so yeah. I, yeah. I, I feel bad letting people jump the line to a certain extent, but uh, I, I hope my my usual guys don't mind. But welcome. What 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 you thinking tonight? Uh, you know, one thing I'll say is like uh, I know like a lot of like us talking about like Grant Williams isn't a starter for a championship team. We're not a championship team, right? So yeah, That's a good so point. I think it, yeah, and the other part is like you know when Kyrie's in and Grant Williams is playing and Luca are taking more attention, it opens him up more. He's able to shoot more. We 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 just need a little bit more from him. But I, like I'm not terribly like concerned about Grant. Like I you know it. It's not great when it's just Luca and then, you know, Grant and, you know, Lively's not out there right now. But, like, I, I do feel like there is a piece that we can get. Like, I know, like, you're, you know, you were talking about, like, a John Collins or a Kuzma. Like, I think both of those would be great. I, I did mention Beef Stew in the uh, <laughs> in the chat, like, a long time ago. Um, but, but only because, like, um, like, when we play bigger teams and you've mentioned it, like we, we play bigger teams. Like, like I saw today, like Tim Hardaway jr. Getting back down like four or five times. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's like, at least he would be a body 
to stop the back down of that. Like, can can he come in there and get some stops for us? I, I think at that point you're just kind of mixing, like you're trading out problems. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess for me it's like, hey, like, you know, and it's always about like having rotation players. And it's like, sure. could he be a rotational player of your top eight players? Like, um, you know, seven to eight players. I think he could probably play, you know, if we're not, if we're not getting, a, if we're not having to, give up a ton for him. But if, if the Celtics are in the same scenario of trying to go get him, like they'll get him. Like we don't have the assets for it, but yeah. The other thing I have was I was pretty excited about Omax. Like I'm pretty sure like all of us are, but like seeing him play, it, 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 ugh, what do you think? <laughs> I loved watching him play in summer league. And so the speed of the NBA game is probably the single hardest thing to judge when you watch basketball as a fan, which then makes me think it's clearly that much harder to judge as a player too, because Omax fit and played well in Vegas. He looked good. He, he, I was really pleased and thought he could come in and play immediately. I was wrong because I think the speed of the game is too much for him right now. That might not be the case the whole year. Um, I still get really excited when he plays though. I, he's just so freaking big. Like I, the, he, I kind of thought he was their small ball center at points tonight. So, you know, I, until I, I'm going to, I'm going to be excited for him for two or three years. I think, I think my window and I'm, maybe people are going to be mad at me for this just because I have no patience for Hardy, but the, the sort of things that I think he can bring to this team just based on his size alone, they need it. And so I, maybe I'm just willing him to play, you know? So. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I, I'd love to see him more on the legends just to kind of sure. get his get his numbers up. I mean, obviously, right now that's not a, a thing because we're, we're so injury prone, but like just getting him a little bit more accustomed to the speed. I mean, I I know that you know there's like some you know stigma on the G League, but like G League's actually been pretty pretty good lately. I mean, like a lot of great draft picks have been there. Like I went to uh, I'm in Austin, so I went to the Austin Spurs versus um uh versus the RGV Vipers because I want to because I wanted to see Cam Whitmore play. Mm-hmm. And Cam Whitmore is just amazing out there in the G League, but he can't crack the lineup in Houston, which is makes me think like he just probably isn't playing defense or isn't at a yeah. point where in his career he's like, you know, caring about defense enough for it. But I don't know. Like I like I'm excited about I'm excited about Omax, but I just see him out there on an NBA team where he's like, you know, guarding the wrong person or just like, you know, takes a little bit to get down, down the, you know, down the court. I'm just like, Oh my gosh. Like, you know, I don't know. Anyways. Well, thank you so much for joining. You got any, any other thoughts tonight? Uh, no, I knew we were going to lose tonight, but you know, I think everybody did. Like they're just, you know, you've, you've mentioned it before. Like when we play like the Nuggets, they just, they're just so much taller than us and they can shoot. So, yeah, it's tough. All right. Appreciate you joining. Hope you come back. Yeah, for sure. All right. right, uh, Brandon, thank you so much for your patience. What's going on, man? Kurt, like Micah said, everything's going to be all right. I think that's right. Quote of the day. It's a a good line. So, any thoughts on the game or on the discussions we've had at large tonight? Man, you know what? I'm in in total agreement with you because, I mean – I look at it like this. I look at it from like a futures standpoint, like even with the first round picks, you know, with the way that the Mavs are playing, it would be a mid to a low first round pick. So I'm kind of like, how valuable is it really going to be? So if you package that mid to late first round pick along with, you know, these potential players, you know, what would be the upside of it? 
I don't I don't really see you know a benefit of, of moving that. And even in the later rounds, like you said, maybe even if it's a 2027 or 2030, if the Mavs trajectory just keeps going up and they continue to play better, you know, it equate to you know later picks and you know how valuable is that? So I don't see the upside of moving those. Yeah. So it's, it's not much of an upside. And then, and then I'm looking at like this, Kirk. I was looking at the standings, and I could be wrong, but to me, you know, all of the teams that are, you know, the Mavs are, what, fifth in the West? It seems like, you know, outside of Minnesota, the teams that are playing better than the Mavs, you know, those teams are strategically built. And all of the teams that are below the Mavs are pretty much, you know, teams that kind of did the musical chairs, kind of moved it around. Even though the Lakers are playing well, they're still not, you know, Right there with the Mavs. Clear holes, yeah, like clear deficiencies in the team. Yeah. There was a lot of moving, a lot of trades, a lot of, you know, reactive stuff. As for, like, Sacramento, I bring them up a lot, but, you know, think about this. A lot of their players came from, like, three-way, three-team trades, four-teams trades, free agencies, and a lot of, you know, dumpster fires. People were just getting sent to Sacramento. Oklahoma City, too, they kind of built, you know, strategically, you know, Mm -hmm. just kind of bad years and they just stacked up picks and you know just kind of grow organically and now they're you know they're playing really well and i I think that's kind of like a testimony of what what could happen i'm not saying that it will happen with dallas but something that could happen if you just you know stay the course and and just you know sometimes you just gotta you know pick your losses you know stay the course and, and you know pick your battles and you know try to see what happens but the little bit of value that we do have I don't think it's as important as some people really, you know, you know, it's not as valuable as some people think it is. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Well, uh, you got anything else or should we close up shop? That's it, man. I just wanted to, you know, say, you know, I'm kind of in agreement. I don't, I don't really see a lot of potential in, in moving the guys because they're so young and they're so raw and package, even package them with the first or, or a second. You know, who's to say that we're going to get young, healthy guys? You know, we got fresh legs. And Tim, even though he's a veteran, he's still pretty healthy. But, you know, we can, there's always the potential of getting somebody that's, you know, um, you know, KP situation. So, to me, I feel like they should just, you know, stay the course. And if anything, you know, work on developing those guys. Because Hardy's not an all guy, and they're not really showing any type of, you know, um, uh, emphasis on – making them off-ball guy. And they're yeah. definitely making an emphasis on switching up that offense because they Yeah, play. they got to do – they got to run more actions, some more set plays with different outcomes because I'm just – I'm tired of seeing high pick and roll with guys that aren't incandescent scorers and playmakers out of the pick and roll. And what's so crazy, they're running high pick and roll around the three. I mean, if you – like the second half, they just played around the perimeter the whole night. It's like – Denver just had to just draw a straight line and say, you stand on this part, you stay on this part, and mm-hmm. we're just not going to let them even get close to the free throw line. And this just – it was the offense. Everybody played around the perimeter. Everybody shot. There was no flow. Exum, you know, he was the only one I think him and Luka that consistently attempted to make a two. Yeah. Besides that, it was just threes. I agree. And it's like they're so predictable. So, yeah. you know, a lot of it's put on the players, but – you know, what his coach is doing to, you know, mix it up. You got to do something. Yeah. All right, man. Thanks so much for joining as always. Thank you, Kurt. Okay, guys. Um, I will not be on the Wednesday show, so it'll probably be just Josh doing a show with another Mavs Moneyball staffer. So no kind of after party like this. 
Um, like I mentioned, I'm still trying to get the Apple thing fixed. Uh, it's driving me crazy. Um, but yeah, we'll be back. I'll be back, you know, when uh, game's going on in the second half of the week. Mavericks play four times this week. This is just the first one. So we'll have a lot of, lot of, um, lot of, of stuff. So, all right, guys, this has been Kirk Henderson, uh, doing a group therapy. Thanks so much for hanging out. Everybody have a great night and go Mavs.